Welcome back to Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing movies so that you don't have to. I'm Dax. I'm Mary Beth. And today, we gather here today. <laughs> we all gather here today to talk about... <laughs> we gather here today um, to discuss a movie that apparently really disturbed Mary Beth when she was a child. Right? It's Oh, yes. This movie. And Ugh, fuck. Excuse this me. movie is called Watership Down. Um, I'm excited to talk about this movie. I'm also excited to talk about this movie. And spoiler alert, I actually really liked this movie. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. I'm very glad to hear that. Oh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts and feelings about this movie. And I'm excited to share mine. Yes. It's, like, between this one and Perfect Blue. I like those the most. Okay. Okay. Good. Those are also... I think those are my two, also my two maybe favorites. I don't know. Watership Down favorite's not the right word, but... I, pre- yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it for what it is. Anyway. Uh, yes. Um, so... Do you have anything you want to talk about at the top of the show, or you want to go right into the You know, let's just go right into it, because then I'll share my story afterward. I will share my truth after the post synopsis. (laughs) We're being so efficient. Look at us go. Someone get a hold of that one-star reviewer. Um, (laughs) I was just bitching about him to Steve yesterday. Like, I'm, like, I don't, why? Like, why is that the one review I ever complain about is to him? I was like... Someone said they don't like listening to our podcast and we talk too much. And Steve's like, what, what's the fucking point of a podcast? I can't believe, you know what? I really can't <laughs> believe we have the nerve to talk on a podcast. <laughs> Dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> Just, God I can't, damn it. I can't even believe that we do that. <laughs> Sick um, in the head. <laughs> so, Watership Down, according to Wikipedia, anyway. The film plot goes like this. In Lapin language mythology, the world was created by the god Frith. All animals were grass eaters living harmoniously. The rabbits multiplied and their appetite led to a food shortage. Frith ordered the rabbit prince El Arera. That's, no. Arera. I'm just sampling you in saying that. <laughs> Elevator in the what, building. What was that? What was that laugh? What was that laugh? <laughs> Fuck off! Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Look, I laugh like a monster, and I have embraced it and loved it. <laughs> I love that. DJ El Oreja in the building. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Is anybody looking for a job as a co-host um, <laughs> for a niche podcast about disturbing movies? Email wonapodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Frith ordered the rabbit prince El Herrera to control his people, but was scoffed at. In retaliation, Frith gave special gifts to every animal, making some into predators to hunt the rabbits. Satisfied that El Herrera has learned his lesson, Frith gives rabbits the gifts of speed and cunning. In the present, 
in a warren near Sandalford, a rabbit seer named Fiverr has an apocalyptic vision and takes his older brother Hazel to beg the chief for evacuation. The chief dismisses them and orders Captain Holly, the head of the Warren's Ausla police force. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Ausla. Mm-hmm. To stop those trying to leave. Fiverr and Hazel, along with other rabbits named Bigwig, Blackberry, Pip- Pipkin, Dandelion, Silver, and Violet manage to escape, passing a sign, and in parentheses it says meaningless to them, confirming that residential development is coming. They journey into the woods, avoiding several dangerous situations until Violet, the group's only doe, is killed by a hawk, which I found very rude. The others eventually... (laughs) The others eventually meet a rabbit named Cowslip. Yo, we'll get to this, but fuck Cowslip anyway. (laughs) Yo, yes. Fuck Cowslip. Uh, (laughs) Named Cowslip, who invites them to his warren where a farmer leaves Cowslip's group ample vegetables. They are grateful, but Fiverr leaves when he senses something unsettling in the atmosphere. Bigwig follows, berating Fiverr, who causes tension when a snare catches Bigwig. Bigwig's friends manage to free him, and Fiverr learns that the farmer is protecting and feeding Cowslip's warren so that he can snare rabbits for his own meals. The group returns to its journey. The rabbits discover... How do you say that? Nothinger? Nuthanger. <laughs> no. Farm. I think it's Nuthanger. Nuthanger. Well... Not, not it's hanger, a farm, but... <laughs> <laughs> which cause, which contains a hutch of domesticated does. Before they can free the females, the farm cat and dog chase them away. Later, they are found by Captain Holly, who recounts the destruction of Sandalford by humans, as well as vicious rabbits called the, quote, Ephrafans, right? Ephrafans, yeah. Ephrafans. Fiverr finally finds the hill he envisioned, Watership Down, where the group settles in with Hazel as their new chief. How am I doing saying Watership Down? Because I'm trying to make myself not say Watership Down. You sound great. <laughs> you probably have this Damn. Also. Damn. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about it, honestly. I haven't. If you have, it did not register. <laughs> Watership Down. Water, Watership Down from Baltimore, huh? <laughs> Not a lot of people know this about me, but I was actually Kate Winslet's Philadelphia coach um, for her show, which is called Mayor of Easttown. The Mayor of Easttown. Um, a lot of people don't know that about me. <laughs> Dax uh, dialect coaches people. It's true. Where do you think she learned it? Me. Anyway, <laughs> they soon befriend. <laughs> they soon befriend an injured black-headed seagull named Kihar who flies out in search of does. That night, the rabbits return to the farm to free the does, but an attempt to free them fails, which ends with Hazel getting shot. Fiverr follows a vision of the mythical black rabbit to his injured brother. Kihar returns, and while pecking out buckshot from Hazel's leg with his beak, reports of the many doe at the large Ephrafa Warren. 
Captain Holly describes it as a dangerous totalitarian state. I know this word. <laughs> this reminds me of the one time um, we were playing a Harry Potter game and Sarah had to say the word scheduler, but she thought it was a Harry Potter word, so she kept saying scheduler and no one knew what she was talking about. <laughs> and no one knew what she was talking about. And I was like, can I see this word? I was like, scheduler? <laughs> so sometimes I'll just randomly say to her, I'll randomly be like, scheduler. <laughs> I thought it was Harry We're not doing well. It's a two-hour movie. We need a break. Remember you said we were so efficient at the top? Oops. <laughs> I'm going to say scheduler from now on. Fuck. I'm not going to leave my head for a long time. Like I said we were being efficient. I didn't say we were consistent. <laughs> that's, you know what? Fair point. That's, that's on you. That's <laughs> on you. If you believe that, that was on you. Keeping you on your toes. Oh my god, stomach. Because you shouldn't just go around believing things, okay? <laughs> Listening to people. <laughs> Fuck that. Damn. Okay. Captain Holly describes it as a dangerous totalitarian state, but Hazel feels they must go there. Bigwig infiltrates the Warren and is made an Owsla officer by their cruel chief, General Wet. You know what? I quit. General, do you say Woundwort or Woundwort? I just say Woundwort. Okay. This ugly bitch, General Woundwort. (laughs) (laughs) Pigweed recruits several potential escapees to his cause, including Blackavar and Heisenflay. (laughs) With KR's help, the escapees find a boat to float down the river. That night, K.R. leaves for his homeland with the gratitude of the Warren. Ephrafan trackers eventually find Watership Down. Woundwort rejects Hazel's offer of peace and demands that all deserters must be turned over or Watership Down will be wiped out. While the Watership rabbits barricade their Warren, Fiverr slips into a trance in which he envisions a dog running, running loose in the woods. His mumblings inspire Hazel to try and release the farm dog and lead it to the Ephrafans. When they arrive at the farm, Hazel unties the dog and releases it while Blackberry, Dandelion, and Heisenthlay use themselves as bait to make the animal follow them. Meanwhile, when the Ephrafans break through the Warren's defenses, Woundwort goes in alone. Blackavar attacks him, but is easily killed. Bigwig ambushes Woundwort, and they fight to a standstill. When the dog arrives and starts attacking the Ephrafans, Woundwort abandons Bigwig and fearlessly attacks the dog. However, no trace of Woundwort is ever found, which leaves his fate a mystery. Ain't that mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) 
several years later, an elderly Hazel is visited by a strange ghostly rabbit who invites him to join his own Ausla, assuring him of Watership Down's perpetual safety. Reassured, Hazel accepts and dies peacefully. His spirit follows the visitor through the woodland and trees towards the sun, which metamorphoses metamorphosis that's not i don't think that's the right iteration of this word anyway wouldn't it be metamorphosizes i thought so it changes into (laughs) frith and the afterlife as frith's parting advice to el arrera is heard once more that luckily is the end (laughs) (laughs) oh and Fuck that me. luckily is the end. Yeah, that was a long one. Uh, one but I'll sit here and like just and guess Japanese words. I can't. The word release, really? Okay. <laughs> so okay, so you had you had never seen this before. Never. Okay. So and you liked it, you said. Yeah, I really liked it. Oh, why'd you like it? What'd you like about it? Well, one, um, I I actually really liked the animation. I thought it was yeah, really pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's almost like a painting. Yeah. Um, I love an animal, just any animal. Um, but that's part of why I was afraid to watch it. I because... was wondering about this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew there would be animal stuff. Like, um, I... I think I've said this on this podcast before, but I can't handle, like, um, sad or injured animals. I can't take it. It really upsets me. So there were some parts in this movie where I had to, like, kind of look away a little bit or, like, look through, like, one eye closed. Um, Okay. And then just besides that, I like... I don't know. I just like the story. I, I had some problems with it, but... Overall, I love, I I tend to like any story where it's like, um, a cab, and rabbits do count as cops. I guess sometimes, according to this movie. According to this movie, yes, the Ausla are in fact rabbit cops. Nine one fucking one, a cab, or all, a wab, all Ausla are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, and I just like any. Not any, but I tend to like films where um, the underdog comes out on top. So I like a for for and by the people story, you know? Yeah, and this is very much one of those. Like, it's like technically a pretty like predictable story in terms of the um, the trajectory of it. In terms of like, oh, they leave the place, things are hard, they get to the place, they have a final battle, everything is good. But that's it not is a, a bad kids movie. So yeah, I would say it's not a bad thing because, like, you know, it's like it's not necessarily the hero's journey per se, but it's like you know a story, a story that we all like to hear. With like, they leave persecution, they go through all this hard shit, and they come out on top because the good guys always win. And honestly, I'm fine with that, especially for a kids movie. But how much research did you do into the book and Richard Adams, the guy who wrote the book? Um, not that much. I, I've never cool. read the book, so I did the next best thing, which I listened to our friend Joe Lipset's other podcast called Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star. 
Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't get through the whole episode. Um, but it did provide some interesting context that I didn't know about. And also, that's not, he's not the only person who hosts that. Um, Brenna yeah. Clark Gray also hosts that show. Yeah. I mean, to be rude. <laughs> um, but, so... Then you've then you've heard that Watership Down is actually based off of the stories that the author Richard Adams would tell to his kids. So these were the Watership Down started as these kind of improvised stories off the top of his head that he would tell his daughters at bedtime. And he built this world with the rabbits and they ended up they started writing them down and kind of keeping track of all this stuff. And he eventually turned it into a book. So it's this. It's, and that's what's so fascinating to me about this movie and this story is I've read I read the book a long fucking time ago. I can't remember anything, but I read it. I, I saw the movie. I read the book. I was still upset about everything. <laughs> that's why, to me, it's so hard to be like, especially when I was younger because I heard about it, like the context of it being for kids. Like I was like, this is so, this is so the opposite of something I would want my parents to tell me at bedtime. So it was so fascinating to me that this was like, the good night tale um <laughs> but i think that that is so interesting this really is all about for kids but also like shows that richard adams really respected his kids in terms of the complexity of what he's creating because he's giving rabbits a culture like this is a whole thing is giving rabbits religion language songs poetry like they have lore like an origin story like it's it's wild the kind of lore he makes like you know el el herrera is like their jesus figure and frith is their god basically and so like the more you think about it the more like okay i can see where richard adams was coming from but at the same time it's kind of cool to see that trans like transpose onto animals like rabbits that you don't i'm gonna say you don't think about them a lot they're like they're usually like the cute animals in the garden they're not necessarily adventurous creatures that you'd think about having these like complicated stories. And yet here we take the rabbit who is cute and small and kind of like unassuming and is eaten a lot and makes them into this like incredibly complex species that I had never really tuned in on as a kid and was really appreciating this time around in taking this assumption about perhaps one type of animal and being like no fucking fucking nuts like they fight they got <laughs> wars they kill each other yeah <laughs> that's my professional <laughs> that is my professional assessment of watership down yeah you don't think of rabbits as like fighters necessarily so that was upsetting to see the thing so part of why I can't really deal with like animal movies is because I always know something bad is going to happen to them but um, I am somebody, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, I think, but I do, like, kind of think of animals and think of, like, all the stuff they go through all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, um, part of why I can't look at, like, um, animals who are up for adoption or whatever, because I'll, like, create, oh. like, a horrible, I'll create, not a horrible backstory, but I'll start thinking of their backstory. Like, if it's, like... You yeah, know, Sally girl came from uh, Georgia. Like, you know what I mean? Then I'm like, oh my God, someone let her out. And then she was on the street. Like, that's what my brain starts doing. I, I don't know when that started or why. Um, and I do it like with, like, if I look outside right now, 
um, and I see like the ducks, I think about like, oh, the ducks, they gotta like fight the hawks all the time because there's hawks around here. And uh, they, they're like, I wonder what they do like all day. Like, and I start imagining what they do. I don't know why I do that. And now that's I, what I call intrusive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I know that probably sounds really weird. Um, but that is part of why I can't deal with, like, sad animal stuff. Because I'll think about it, like, forever. Um, and I could apply it to other animals that I see. And I don't want to do oh. that. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think I would talk about this. So I don't really, like, have my thoughts gathered to talk about it. But that is something that I do pretty much all the time. Yeah, um, but like I've, I've done, especially like I've done that, but I've done that too. And I, 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 I jokingly say intrusive thoughts, but like only half jokingly because that's I, that I experience like a similar, and I can I consider them intrusive thoughts for me when I think about that. Like I, I hyperfixate on, and again, not calling what you're doing hyperfixation, but like a similar experience, of like seeing something and then just like going into a whole t- tale about their life, and like I've spiraled about this before. <laughs> I, I won't deny it. Um, I know, so I understand. I understand that. Yeah, like, for me, it's not, like, a spiraling. It's just, like, I'll think about it, and I don't want to think about it because it makes me upset because I'm, like, I don't want them to struggle. I love animals so much. I love them more than people, I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Um, I love them more than anything. Um, I just really super love animals. Anybody who knows me knows that. So, like to think about them in distress at all while I understand that that's nature um, and I accept that, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That, like, you know, that's no, that's very true. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I know someone's probably like, uh, grow up, that's just like the cycle of life. And it's like, I know that and I get that um, and I respect that but it makes me sad <laughs> because I want them to just be happy and not um, suffer. So fair, fair, and, fair enough. And also, in fairness, I do feel that way about humans too. I want humans to be happy and not suffer. Um, but I don't know. I never really thought too deeply about this, and we don't have to go into this. But I guess there's some like innate innocence about animals that makes you just care about them so deeply, even if you don't even know the animal. I don't yeah. know. Is that just me? like it's it's the I guess it's like the reason why people care so deeply if like a pet passes away you know what I mean like strangers like they understand that more I I don't know yeah anyway um I I didn't think about that too deeply so I'm kind of just like pulling it out of nowhere but Having um, revelations on the podcast live, listening to you <laughs> processing your weird things live on the mic. <laughs> yep, and I probably won't cut it out either. Woo! <laughs> um, but in what I did get to in um, that podcast, which again is called Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, which I wonder is Hazel from Watership Down? No, none of, them are, none of them are. None of them are. I don't know. I might have made that up. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hazel isn't from Watership Down. He's from the original Warren at the beginning. Wait, what was that? 
He's from the he's from the Warren at the beginning of the movie. He none of them have ever been to Watership Down. It's all been a vision from Fiverr. No, no, no. I'm talking about um, Joe's Joe and Brenna's um, uh, podcast name. Help! Help! I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking Jesus. about the podcast name. I'm sorry. So, well, I didn't make that very clear. Yeah, I was talking about the podcast name. I wonder if they put the name Hazel in there for Watership Down. But I might have made that up. So don't quote me on that. Anyway, from listening to the bit that I did get to hear, um, it seems like the author... Which, did the author have anything to do with the film? Do we know um, this? I don't actually know. Let me check. So, it looks like Watership Down, the book, was by Richard George Adams, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't look like he had anything to do with the movie. But, um, from what I understand, what you were talking about, it seems like he did a lot of research on rabbits from what I understood from the podcast and so I think that probably really informed his like creation of a culture if not just like their culture and which is so weird to say that rabbits have a culture but they must um and then he just makes them talk you know (laughs) yeah um and I also wonder about the mythology behind all this because I didn't realize, like, when I was watching it, I got the themes of, like, oppression, right? Uh, they're pretty clear, you know, but I didn't necessarily get, like, a biblical metaphor at all. And maybe it's different for, from um, film to book, but they were talking about, like, how there were some biblical aspects to the book in any event I'm wondering if like the mythology that we were just talking about um, like with the religion and stuff like what part of that there must be grains of truth in what we just read like is El Herrera or whatever is that made up or is that something like real it says Lapin language mythology I, I honestly... Oh, no, it's it's uh, fictional language. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a lot of the names, too, like, obviously, like, cowslip and hazel and shit are, like, actual plants, but, like, um, a lot of it is a, made, a, a language he made up. Like, it's all, like, Heisenthal, the rabbit you couldn't say, um, she, that's a, a name that, like, they he made up for the book slash the movie. So it's it is like a fabricated language and figures from from Richard Adams. That's so interesting. Yeah, and I think I that's did... cool as sh- that is so fucking cool. Like I love I love like world building and stuff. So it's just so yeah. incredible that he's able to like do these like massive levels of world building, but it's it's not like a fantasy series. Like have you ever heard of Red Redwall? Those ser- the book that series of books. No, but I really thought you were going to say, have you ever heard of The Lord of the Rings? <laughs> just to I, mess just with to, me. Just to fuck with you. Yeah. No, Red, Red Wall is a fantasy series that was about woodland creatures basically fighting each other. So, like, the, the, the good guys were, like, the mice and the rabbits and shit, and the bad guys were, like, the foxes and the weasels. And so... 
this has a similar vibe, but it's not fantasy. It's just it feel it doesn't it sh- it sh- it should feel like fantasy because it's anthropomorphized rabbits, but it's not like they're not like in hu- like little suits of armor and like walking around like people. Like they're just rabbits who have a society, like have like a cultural and a society and an identity, which is you don't see that a lot in a lot like even kids books. You don't see like. A, just an animal having a culture and not having it become it's like oh it's actually like a human it, he, I, when I say human I mean like it's not walking on two legs and has like weapons and shit like they're they're still rabbits with just like teeth and they, they hop around on all fours but they also have this belief system and it's fascinating it is that's really cool first of all um, yeah I, I had no idea like, I just thought Lapin language mythology might be some, I don't know. Because I mean, La- like, Lapin, Lapin is the Latin or French name for, ra- French, for, for rabbit. Yeah, I, I thought it was just, like, some sort of, like, French, like, <laughs> I don't know. French shit. Like, old mythology I'd never heard of in my life. Um, Fun fact, um, my sister-in-law's made a name as Lapin. So everything in their house was rabbits. And I only ever thought about Watership Down when I go to their apartment with the rabbits. Is it cute? Is it they don't no, they don't oh it, like it's like rabbit statues. It's not really that cute. Oh. But then my friend has a pet rabbit named Toast and I was oh. weirdly nervous for him to get toast because all I could think about was Watership Down and, and he is God's good boy, so it's all fine. Um, toast is incredible. I hung out with him this weekend, both drunk and hungover, and it was incredible. I love animals with food names and with people names. It's all I ever want. I mean, looking at my two cats, it's all I want. Yeah. But to- yeah, Toast is an angel, and he would never commit a war crime. Maybe. He would never become like a rabbit cop. I don't think he would become a rabbit cop. Though if you paid him in bananas, he might. He he might be a race trader. If you paid him in bananas. He loves bananas. I, oof, that that fucking rabbit loves bananas. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. (laughs) Um, um, I forget what I was going to say because I'm blinded by how cute that is. I'll send you pictures later. He's the cutest little fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but can, can I can I tell you my story about why this movie ruined my life? Yes. I would like to hear this. So, I saw this movie in elementary school in a classroom during re- a rainy day recess. <laughs> because my teacher thought... I don't know why, but it was like, this was the movie that she's going to show the kids. It was fourth it was fourth grade. She put it on. And I was excited. I was like, oh, cool. Like, Animated Rabbits. It's based on a book. Like, I'm a nerd. I love that shit. Uh, as soon as Fiverr has the, like, it looks like the field is covered in blood, I was like, absolutely not. But I couldn't run away because it was my classroom and the lights were off and, like, everyone was just, like, watching the movie. So I was just sitting there, like, sweating. Like, Oh, no. And I think it was this, like, 
it was this association with animals and violence that I had never made because I was a kid and hadn't really thought about, you know, like where our food comes from and things like that. Like, you know, I didn't really have those. I hadn't really connected those dots very much because to me, like, and again, as a kid, like the ra- rabbits in the wild were not the same as like f- animals we eat for meat. And I know that that is not correct, but that was where my brain was at. So, you yeah. know. Rabbits are cute, and, like, rabbits are kind of, like, you know, they just bippity-boppity-boo around. And then all of a sudden, this, like, conflation with rabbits and violence was, like, very bizarre in my head to me. Like, it was, like, I don't know what's going on. And then the the part that really just, I almost threw up, the part where Bigwig is caught in the snare. Yes. It's, and it still fucking upset me to this day. Not as much as when I was in fourth grade, but... I I was not into gore. Like, I liked horror, but I didn't like gore when I was younger. So, like, mm. any representation of gore made me very nauseous. And for some reason, and, you know, we've talked about this with, like, animation. You have this distance. But there was something between an animated rabbit and this blood that really just, like, made me start feeling like I was going to throw up. And it's not just the visual. It's the, the gurgling sound of that big wig makes as he's choking on his own blood and he's foaming at the mouth. The flies that come and like buzz around his head as he's dying. It's just like, it's an incredibly violent, upsetting moment, but placed the body of a rabbit and a kid's movie. And my brain, because I had such separation between horror and like kid stuff in my, in my household, seeing them come together like that so explicitly like broke something in my brain, I think. Like, and that was, like, this first example that I can remember of, like, feeling like horror and the th- things that weren't horror were coming together and it was not safe. And I was watching it in a classroom. So, like, I expected it to be, like, appropriate for children. So having this moment <laughs> in my fourth grade elementary school classroom, like, and again, I didn't want to seem like a little baby. So I was just, like, I just so viscerally remember the feeling of nausea that was creeping up in my throat as Bigwig is choking on his own blood. And so watching this movie, I was like, I cannot do this again. And it wasn't as bad this time, but it's still, it's still, I still didn't like it because it's, it's pretty gross for an animated kids movie about rabbits. I wonder if the teacher reacted in any way. I don't remember at all, at all. I just remember my personal reaction and feeling like no one else was upset by it. But again, I was just like, it was like... they weren't paying attention to it. Tunnel, vision, etc. And so, and then like just from there, everything about the movie just made me like so on edge and nervous. And I I think it was the whole thing of feeling like horror and the things that I didn't think were horror had come together and it just put me in a weird headspace as a kid and I never wanted to watch it again until yesterday. (laughs) Makes sense. Uh, I still think it's a deeply fucked up movie simply in that conflation. I don't... And so, yeah, I mean, I don't ever want to watch it again. I respect it as a beautiful piece of art and I think it's beautifully done. I think the story is really fascinating. I think the lore is incredible, but I just... Something about rabbits at war with each other and the realization that not even rabbits are safe from the most fucked up facets of being human is like yeah 
I know it's fake. I know rabbits probably don't have like this kind of shit, but I, I think to, again, it fundamentally weird movie in my head to be like, hey, by the way, like not even rabbits can escape the horrors of being alive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, good luck, bitch. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah. So that's, that is that story of how Watership Down wow. corrupted my tiny childhood brain. Wow. That's fascinating. Yep. So that teacher lost their job. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Like, Mrs. Grimison, bitch, what the fuck did you think was the, like, that was the move? Oh, no, she was my fifth grade teacher. It was Miss Fisher who did the... Classic Miss Fisher. That bitch loved smoking cigarettes and her two West Highland White Terriers. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, so the one of the parts where I said that I had to look like with one eye closed, like I kind of had to look away, was that part where Big Wig gets mm-hmm. caught in the trap. Um, that was really upsetting to me. It was like, like too visceral. It was it was yes. really upsetting to me, and like it was like tolerable, I guess. It, it made me upset because it's like pretty violent and he is like he looks like he's struggling and he can't breathe and it's just oh god but um I was sitting there kind of like looking at it looking away looking at it looking away and I was just like I can't imagine being a child watching that like that would be really upsetting <laughs> fucking ruined me <laughs> so and there are other parts up. it is it's all yes oh my god when the fucking ugh anyway sorry I just yeah like when Bigwig fights the like like Nazi rabbit yes um that's really violent and upsetting like they're like gnawing at each other and I I hated it yes and like even when Violet's taken by the hawk it's not that violent but the way it's shot is fucking harrowing and they're all just like, well, uh, Violet just got taken by a goddamn bird. And there's, like, nothing left. It's just... And the screeching of the rabbit when she gets taken. Because they, they show a flash of claws, a screech, and then nothing else. But you know that Violet's been got, been taken away by a bird of prey. It's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then not to mention, like, just the sea of blood that fiber scene. Oh my god. Is like, it's I, that I mean, is what I really is fine, but as a kid I can't imagine. Well, and that's the thing. Like as a kid when that ha- like I said, it fucked my it fucked my brain up. Like I you know, oh, you're gonna talk about fields full of blood immediately at the beginning of this movie. Alright, right out the fucking gate. Here we go. Like <laughs> and it just and then, oh, which there's a rabbit that ate other oh, was covered in blood at one point, like in the in the um in the burrow. Mm. Oh, just all of it. Yeah, it zombie was... rabbit at one like zombie-ish rabbit like filming with all the blood. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Yeah, and you know what is really interesting that like it seems like no one really talks about is that at the end of the day this whole entire movie is sparked by human beings like yeah um like what you were saying where they're not safe from the horrors of being human that's true because they still fall 
prey to capitalism at the end of the day because what's happening is that the land is being developed for whatever maybe housing maybe a fucking shopping mall I don't know and now all these rabbits are being displaced or killed Um, thankfully we don't see all of those rabbits being killed that I remember it's just so like it's very grim it's incredibly grim it's not as horrible as I like imagine based off of everybody's reactions to it like a lot of people are like I can never watch this again Watership Down really disturbed me like I actually thought it would be even more disturbing than it was because um, for the most part I didn't find it that disturbing and I, again I think I wonder if it is because I watched it at such a young age and had that experience and like I still feel that way. Like, I get I definitely can appreciate it, but I just, I can't, I can't forget that first time watching it and that profoundly upsetting effect it had on me and how it's shaped, like, a perception I've had of, like, rabbits in general, which is, which is, in and of itself is a wild effect to have had on me. And, like, I, again, I was never scared of rabbits or anything, but it just made me be, like, respectful of rabbits. Like, I don't know what you're going through. Mr. Rabbit, like, who knows? I just had a recovered memory when you said that. What? I remember when I was a kid, my brother accidentally, he was, like, mowing the lawn, and he accidentally killed um, a rabbit. (gasps) And it was, I think, a mother rabbit, and he found, like, the little, like, what is it called? A warren? Um, It was, like, a little, like, a bunch of little babies. Oh, like a nest of babies. Because, like, the ward is, like, the giant community, and then it's a nest with just the babies in it. Okay, well, he found the nest of the little babies, and they had to be, like, days old, if that. And so, because he felt so horrible, he decided to have this, like, brilliant idea, which was we would take in all the baby rabbits. I don't think that was probably the right idea, but I don't know. Um, I was like a kid, so I was like, oh, f- yeah, I want 15 fucking rabbits. Yeah. I want um, baby rabbits in the house, please. <laughs> yeah, and we had like a box that they were in. I really don't know. Like, I just trusted that he knew how to take care of rabbits. I don't know why I did that. Um, it was like fine, but they used to bite me all the time. I just remembered. So maybe they are vicious, is what I'm saying. Like,. I mean, like, they're fight or flight. Those fuckers know what to do if they, like, if they're cornered. I mean, they have that, like, I'm a... It's like, rabbits are not necessarily the most intelligent animals, but they also know how to survive. (laughs) So. Oh, sure. You know. Win some, you lose some. I really don't know anything about them. But they were were really cute. Rabbits have special weird poops to deal with how they digest certain foods. Um, can you explain? Did you learn this, like, at your last job? Uh, no, actually. I learned this from my friends who have a rabbit. Oh, um, right, of course. Toast. How could I forget? Yes. I know this because, um, because I, you know, I fucking didn't know this while looking at the animal shelter. Because it just, like, never came up in conversation because I try not to be like, tell me all these weird shit facts about your animals. But with my friends, oh, we can talk about all that crazy shit. Um, literally. So, okay, so bunnies <laughs> poop a lot, and they poop little pellets. And mm. where... Okay, so there's a special kind of poop that bunnies do that bunnies 
eat to get nutrients from. They're called cicatrips, and they are eaten by bunnies to get protein and vitamin, vitamin B. And so they don't look the same as the normal bunny poops, and it looks like berries, and they then eat the poops. They could just take a one-a-day multivitamin, stupid fucking rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rabbit take your goddamn multivitamin you'll eat some shit <laughs> and just kidding no that's <laughs> weird <laughs> and gross isn't and that interesting weird? yeah it's like, what so the fuck? weird rabbits are fucking bizarre animal n- nature in general is fucking bizarre like i just so it's like they eat a non-digestible material and have a certain kind of poop and then they re and then they eat that poop because they can get the nutrients so instead of just we are gunning for another one-star review. <laughs> Absolutely beep, gunning beep. for it. On the train for a one-star review about tangents, <laughs> about rabbit shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's a fun fact about rabbits. That is a fun fact. That I have just told you. <laughs> Getting back to Watership Down, I randomly remembered what I was going to say before. Oh, you randomly remember talking about a movie and not rabbit facts? <laughs> well, yeah. No, it really was randomly. I remembered that you were talking about um, how this is like, it should feel more like a fantasy film, but it really doesn't, even though it's anthropomorphic mm-hmm. rabbits, like, mm-hmm. talking and, like, I don't know, living their lives. I made that sound like it was like Days of Our Lives, but rabbits. <laughs> Living there. Oh my god, I would watch that. I'd watch that. Like too, Meerkat Manor. Sure. Do you remember Meerkat Manor? I'm so sorry. I'm getting distracted. No, I don't. Oh, know what Meerkat that is. Manor. It was a show where basically they like it was a animal planet show that was a nature documentary, but they named all the meerkats and basically framed it like it was a family drama. No, I've never heard of that, but oh, I did, that well. did make me randomly remember that show Zubumafu. Yep. All right. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Back on track. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on track, but I had to mention it. Um. Yeah. No, that sounds incredible, but I never watched that. Um. I think I was too afraid of seeing snakes on the Animal Channel, Animal Planet. <laughs> so. Animal Channel. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so. I also didn't think it felt super like a fantasy film, but now having the background of it makes it feel more like a fantasy film. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if because it didn't feel like a fantasy film to me, if that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, Um, that makes It was more accessible to me. Because I don't really like fantasy stuff. I don't know if you know this about me. I do. I do, in fact, know this about you. That's why next next time we're doing a whole section on fantasy movie <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say now something you should know once again i do have a giant harry potter tattoo on the back of my arm um I because i'm you. a millennial and also i have an animate <laughs> this is double hitter i have an animated lord of the rings painting hanging like over in my little book nook kick your ass <laughs> that was actually for sentimental reasons my brother like found this um lord of the rings like animated painting um 
Have you seen Lord of the Rings? No, and I'll tell you why. Because um, uh, he had he had this painting. Like he lived in um, he like lived in our basement, and the painting was hanging on the stair, like on the wall um, next to the stairs going down into the basement. And my basement was really scary. There was like a fucking secret like room um, to the right when you went to the bottom of the stairs. But the room was located in this dark hallway with no lights and no windows. And it was really scary. Um, and as you know, I think I said this like last episode or something. I'm afraid of the dark. Um, yes. Anyway, so when I would go downstairs, I would see this painting and it it freaked me out it was like it's actually pretty violent and scary for a kid mm-hmm. um so i never watched the animated lord of the rings because i was scared of this painting okay fine i won't kick your ass for that but i will kick your ass <laughs> for the harry potter tattoo <laughs> i know <laughs> i know I'll, and... I'll let you have the lord of the rings painting. <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo is honestly egregious like it's like um i got it right before <laughs> Um, she who shall not be named decided to be a fucking turf. No. So yeah, it was like right before, and then I got it, and then she started being turfy, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" You're like sick, sick. Yeah. Thanks a lot, dude. So it's so embarrassing. Like most millennials, I feel like not most, but a lot of millennials have Harry Potter tattoos. Oh, so. I'm surprised I don't have a Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you're lucky right now. So I don't feel like that embarrassed for other millennials or older to see it, but when I'm around a Gen Z, I like hide my arm. I'm like, no, don't look. It's not here. It's not real. Because I know the millennials. Yeah, but exactly, they're gonna be like, yeah, and they're like, what the fuck? And you're like, no, I swear to God, there was time before there was. It was the before times when no one knew. <laughs> she wasn't as vocal about it. I know. I just want to be like, she's talking about me. <laughs> Like, I know, I know it's embarrassing yeah. twice but over. Also, like, wouldn't that be kind of funny if you sent if you, the picture? Is it'd be like, hey, I got a, a trans person as a tattoo of of Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, suck my dick. Like, I don't. <laughs> something about that also feels kind of like funny in a way, but mostly fucked up because you're like, cool. I have this horrendous reminder of this horrendous transphobe on my body. I know. I have to own it. I I need to do something with it. It I, it's a dementor. Um. So I can just make it into, like, a Grim Reaper, I think. <laughs> like, ugh. And, right, like, it's a cool Harry Potter tattoo. It is a cool one. I, that's right. I, I just remembered that you, you sent me a picture before. It's a really cool one, too. Which sucks shit, again, because you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, like what the fuck? It's not, it's not even, anything. like, a snitch or, like, <laughs> or, like, the death Marauder's symbol. Marauder's map or something, <laughs> yeah. Which is fine if you have those. But, yeah, it's, uh, like out-of-the-box choice, I would say. So, whatever. Can't have everything. Anyway, Watership Down, and I, am I right? Oh, well, that's what I was saying. It, it, those are, like, that's, like, one of the only fantasy th- things I like, like Harry Potter. Um, because there. I was, like, the exact demographic when it came out. I was seven. Um, but for something like this, I'm actually glad I didn't know about all the mythology behind it because that m- I try to go into things like totally clear, like no expectations, but I wonder if that could have colored it at all. And then maybe I wouldn't have liked it as much. 
Mm. You know? Okay. Like, it could have accidentally put, like, some sort of expectation in my head. But that didn't happen, and I found it very accessible. I would watch this again. I actually really liked it. Um, I'm so glad! But I don't know, like, I feel like I would have to be in a mood to watch, like, something animated, and when would that be? <laughs> when I force it down your goddamn throat for five weeks. <laughs> hmm, that was weird out of context. <laughs> Did you ever see that? you ever see that movie, Ricky Ticky Tavi? Yes! I remember Remind nothing me. about it, really, but I know it. I don't really either, but I do remember, because, like I said a little bit ago, I'm very afraid of snakes. There was, like, some sort of, like, snake fight in it, and I remember it being, like, <laughs> weirdly violent. And um, this movie kind of reminded me of that. I remember liking that movie when I was a kid, but I'm too afraid to watch it now, because, like I said, there's snakes in it. <laughs> anyway, oh, you know, no, the weasel, the weasel fights yeah. the cobra. Yeah, I don't like that. Mongoose, pardon me. Mongoose. Yeah, the mongoose. Fight the covers. Pardon me. How very dare you. How very dare I. <laughs> yeah, this movie kind of reminded me of that a little bit, like the animation style. Um, I was just curious if you ever saw that. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like I made that movie up. Yeah, it's one of those movies that feels like it doesn't exist, and then you're like, oh, wait, it does, and you look it up, and, like, someone talks about it, like, oh, no, no, okay, I didn't, that wasn't, like, some weird fever dream that I had a while ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm glad we watched this. Did you have anything else you want to talk about with it? No, I mean, I'm glad I rewatched it. I think it is an incredible movie. I think just because of the effect it had on me as a young kid, it's hard for me to watch, but I think it is an incredibly sure. well-made movie. And props on them for scarring me since fucking fourth grade, and I still can't stop thinking about it. So props to them, I guess. Jesus Christ. Um, props to you, mama. <laughs> what the fuck? That's exactly... Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I am very excited that we watched that. We went from fantastic planet to this this was a much more conventional story <laughs> than, i'm so glad yes much more conventional not experimental next week i'm gonna break dax's brain <laughs> with the movie we've already talked about um that you'll get to listen to next week uh, cat soup a short film from 2001 it's japanese and it's really weird sure is <laughs> so get ready for that episode listeners it's a it's 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 incredible. We're almost we're 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 uh, what like half a little over halfway done with animation decks. Get ready. It's gonna be you're it's, you're you're up next. It's your time to shine soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I gotta get my revenge. I'm, I'm wondering. You fuck me up. <laughs> what, what am I gonna do now? It's just gonna be like tit for tat. Like it started with fucking Lars von Trier. Oh god! All right, August on the ground. Everyone just shove it down everyone's throats. <laughs> That's how oh, we get god. into horrible territory where we're both just absolutely fucked forever anyway i've already seen it i haven't i, I can't do it i can't do it it's not good no you don't need to see it no that's the thing it. i just like, don't feel like i'm missing anything you're not all right everyone well that does it for another episode of watch once never again the disturbing movie podcast you know you know it if you want to follow us on twitter you can at wona podcast at w-o-n-a podcast and if you want to email us, send us suggestions of things to watch, thoughts about our episodes, 
you can do that at lonapodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and, and special shout out to listener Megan McNeilis, who has emailed us several times. And um, all good emails, wouldn't you say? I would also agree with that. All very good emails. And sorry that we didn't get back to you sooner. Yeah, it's you. who we are as people. But 10 out of 10 emails um, would recommend to a friend. And I know we laughed about a one-star review earlier, but we would really love some more reviews and some ratings. It really helps us. So if you can, please do so. We would really appreciate it. You can also follow the both of us on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. I'm at Daxi Bobbin. Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.